state which will live in infamy. Only a foolish optimist can deny the dark realities of the moment. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Dave on FDZR Wheelchair and... Uh, Brandon, yeah, sorry, I was looking at buttons. Oh, uh, you were looking at the buttons. I'm surprising you. That's okay. I, know. I was you trying just, to catch you, just, you off guard. And you did. You know why? You know why? How does that make you feel? I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited tonight. You know why? Why? I'm excited because we have a very special guest on FDR's wheelchair. I don't see anybody here. And I just want to bypass you and get to our guest. What guest? I don't see anybody. There's nobody here. Look to, look to your right. That's a, nope, don't see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, oh. she's, she's not here, but she's on screen. I get yes, it. Yes, so f- live, well, live right now, from Long Island, New York, we have Daria Gautier. Say hello, Daria. Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. A lot of you are wondering, hmm, who is Daria and why is she here? Well, the story goes back, doesn't it, to the late sure 1990s. Oh, God. I know, the late 1990s. And I was Daria's teacher in eighth grade. I didn't know you were a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I have a, I, yeah, I actually have a real job. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was what, like 1998, 1999? 98, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a really freaking long time ago. It was. I, I look older. You really don't. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what people say to be nice it to people, but you people really say, do. But... Yes, definitely. So how old are you now? 36 years old? Yes. Jesus. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, putting that out there. For <laughs> How are you? I'm going to say it to the internet. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning 37 in April. Wow. That's a good age. Yeah. Very exciting. So when I had you 14 years, you were 14 years old. Yep. Wow. And uh, that was my very first year teaching. And probably, I have to say, like my best year teaching is that when you still cared that is when i still cared he was so passionate (laughs) now now the kids are just waking me up (laughs) like should we call the nurse he's still alive somebody check his pulse (laughs) just show movies and shit absolutely (laughs) like the olsen twills in paris yeah sure that's that's relevant we're on a field trip guys Uh, well, I have to say it's a pleasure because we went quite a long time, I think, with really even like talking to each other after you left school, yeah, right? I, I think there might have been like the occasional Happy New Year text or yeah, because like I think there was a gap before social media was really a thing. Yes, and then like with Facebook, then you know we kind of kept a little bit in touch, but we just didn't. And then the last few years. Because of FDR's wheelchair. <laughs> That's right. It brings people together. It does. It brings people <laughs> it is, together. It is a unifying force in this world, <laughs> for sure. But it also tears a lot of people apart. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> the relationships that have been destroyed <laughs> so we can be friends. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> yes. So we have you on for good reason tonight. Number one, you are a liberal. <laughs> Yes. 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 Ooh, one of those that. dirty liberals. You are. Ex- I know this is a very anti-liberal podcast. It is. So we're go just going to berate you and tell you how you're going to go to hell. 
Perfect. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's, we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I know our listeners out there, you know, they don't know Daria. Daria is extraordinarily intelligent, well read, well thought out. Has, I mean, if we died, she would be the host, the singular host of FDR's wheelchair. So, so like in five can, years, where you drop dead, and I don't think I'd be able to keep up with all the dick jokes, though. So <laughs> that might be problematic. Oh, you get me. used yeah. to it. You get used the to atmosphere. it for sure. Absolutely, <laughs> dick jokes. Dick jokes coming from you would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> what are these things called dicks <laughs> that people have, and they talk about all the time? <laughs> they are a silly thing. <laughs> Did you ever imagine um, in 1998 I would be asking you these questions? <laughs> No, and, no, I did not. But and nor should you have. <laughs> no, no, people go to jail for that kind of shit. Right, I think if you approached me with the same questions that you asked on the show back then, might have been an issue. Social services were involved. And, uh, whole big trial. <laughs> it's on the news. <laughs> and then the podcast would be from jail. It so, would be. You know. That might be more interesting. Yeah. Probably get more view, more listeners. <laughs> we might get arrested for the for the podcast someday. The way things I are going. That's true. That's true. Sadly enough. Yeah. It, like we were talking last week. I mean, sometimes I really feel like that might happen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Isn't that scary? It is very scary. You never would have thought that, I don't even know, 10 years ago? No. We never would have guessed it five like, years ago. Five years ago? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like we're going down this rabbit hole that has... Uh, it's really scary, and I, I guess we'll get into this in a little bit. I kind of want to do this later in the episode, but kind of talk mm-hmm. about the conundrum that a lot of us feel is being yeah. like, you know, are we going to truly be stuck in America? Well, yeah. we're we're putting in our passport renewal applications as we speak. So yeah, <laughs> you is for sure fuck won't be able to go back home. Oh God, no! I wouldn't <laughs> want to. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, that's a. I, that's worse. I got to say, that's it's worse. Still worse. As bad as things are here, home is still worse. Uh, yes. So for those of you that don't know, uh, Daria is originally from, tell everybody exactly where you're from. Well, I say I'm from Russia. Technically, I was born in Minsk, Belarus. Mm-hmm. My father's family lived in Minsk. My mom's family lived in Moscow. So I did a lot of, um, you know, back and forth travel between the grandparents um, between the two countries on an overnight train. Um, and I lived there till I was seven. So I, I just, I try to think back, you know, when I was five, seven years old, I don't remember a lot. What do you remember? You don't well, remember a lot was... from yesterday. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. know, That's because right? I'm stoned all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daria. Go ahead. No, it's, it's, it's all good. I, I hear you. <laughs> um, I I remember it's it's interesting because I tend to remember like things that a little kid would remember that are good. Mm-hmm. Like I remember trips to the museum, going to like the ballet, doing all the like arts and culture things that okay. we actually had a lot of, and right. were, you know that were really good and really strong, and you know because the arts were government subsidized there yes. as opposed to here where you have to like scrape by and you know do 500 million other things if you want to be an artist but you know there it was like the pride of russia right the pride of the culture so i did a lot of things that i really liked and all the stuff that was 
bad. I didn't really think that was out of the ordinary, right? Like waiting in line for toilet paper with my mom because, you know, if you bring your kid, you get more rations. Okay. So like people had to take their infants and take their little kids and stand in these lines for two hours at a time Mm -hmm. so that they would be given supplies enough for them and their family as opposed to just for one person. Okay. You know, and stuff okay. like that. So oh, wow. that's the stuff that I get anecdotally from my parents, mm-hmm. but not so much things that really stuck in my head from that right. time period. Do, do you remember waiting in lines at all? Even if you didn't really understand what it was or why? or I actually, the one line I remember was on my seventh birthday, was around my seventh birthday was when the first McDonald's opened okay. in Moscow. And for my birthday, I got to go. Wow. The line was two and a half hours long. Oh, my. To get into McDonald's. Wow. And it was thrilling. <laughs> I could <laughs> only... like waiting for a roller coaster in, like, Disney World. Yeah. And you're like, I know I really shouldn't be enjoying this because it's taking so long. Right. But the payoff is going to be incredible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the payoff was... McDonald's. And, and for a seven-year-old, fuck yeah. Yeah, you're oh, right. For, right. for your parents, oh my God, they must have loved you. But you had to pay for the ketchup packets extra. So I do remember when we moved here and we saw those pumps. Yeah. Oh, you, your, fuck, your mouth yeah. is under it like, ah. Oh, are you kidding me? We're just like, like holding your shirt out and pumping it into yeah. your shirt. I'm taking this home. <laughs> I mean, my mom was literally like, why aren't people coming here with jars? Yeah. <laughs> fill up jars with ketchup. I don't understand. No, that's Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, kind of crazy. That speaks so directly to what we heard about the Soviet Union. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's all true. It's, it's all true. Absolutely. Like, 100%. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, like, I remember coming here and first time walking into a grocery store mm-hmm. and just being like, wait, why are there 20 mayonnaises? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Like, what's the point? Why <laughs> isn't there just one? <laughs> right. Mayonnaise is mayonnaise. It's a need. It's not a... Yeah. Yeah. A it, luxury I mean, Yeah, of choice. It wow. is a very kind of... Um, when you take a look back you kind of step back and you look at an american grocery store mm-hmm. it is very kind of a roman emperor-esque thing line up the foods in yeah. order of flavor for me <laughs> so i may walk down the aisles and pick at my will <laughs> you know, it's, exactly, it's, exactly. It's, it's kind of a weird thing yeah. that yeah. hasn't really existed in uh, right. human culture until yeah. now yeah and then when everybody buys all the eggplant, the last one laying there, nobody touches yeah. because if something must be wrong with it. <laughs> right, right. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Unclean. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's Aldi. They kind of... They, you know, they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you left when you were seven years old. Was it just you, your mom, and your dad? It was, yeah. So okay. my grandfather, um, my mom's dad, actually has li- at that point lived in America for quite some time, for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. He's, um, he's Jewish, so he was able to come over with um, the refugee status okay. during one of the earlier waves of immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people at the time kind of went through Israel 
All right. In order to get to America. And a lot of um, our friends and acquaintances kind of got stuck in Israel and just lived there. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't come to the U.S. But he went directly to the U.S. with his um, second wife and family. And right when everything, you know, it was 92, things were really not looking good. My parents both worked as um, industrial designers in oh. factories. Okay. My mom worked at a toy factory. My dad worked at a watch factory designing products. Okay. And both of their jobs shut down. Everything was shutting down. So um, my grandfather filed for reunification of family mm -hmm. with the, um, the JCC, the Jewish Community Center and the Federation. And... It was really funny because a lot of people, well, not funny, I guess, but lucky for us, a lot of people were trying to leave and like pretending to be Jewish or oh. were actually Jewish. And they had, everybody had really long interviews at the American embassy and they had to like prove that they were Jewish in order to be uh, able to leave. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's a weird thing. How, how, how does that interview go? Uh, I, good question. It, it, it seems um, kind of weird. They drill you. They drill you on your family history, on okay. how, like, you know, the culture, the customs. So it's kind, of, you know, kind of like green card interviews. But mm -hmm. I wonder if for it's Jewish people versus married people. Right. Right. I was, I was wondering, it's like, is it more of an eth like a, a culture thing or a religious thing? Do they drill? It's but it's both ethnicity and religion, but mm -hmm. mostly ethnicity. Like they okay. were really. They, focusing on they should just have a thing. jar of gefilte fish. Eat the whole thing now, motherfucker. <laughs> right. And if you can keep that shit down, you're in. You're in. <laughs> just a jar of, like, horseradish. Oh, yeah, like, right. Can you do this? Okay, great. You're in. Uh, um, but, yeah, so a lot of people were getting denied, and my mom went into – my mom and dad went into their interview – and the woman interviewing them basically spent like two seconds asking questions and then like poured out her life story to my mom, like just talking about herself. And in the end, she was like, you guys are good to go. And neither of my parents are actually Jewish. My <laughs> grandfather is, but my mom, you know, and she was very honest about it. She's like, no, we're not, we're not Jewish. We're not practicing, but my father is. And so because he lives there, we want to come live there too. And they were yeah. like, okay, go for it. So very lucky. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't even have words for that. It's crazy. It's such a, it's weird how your whole life could change just on the whims of one person. It mm -hmm. was, And that's exactly what happened. I mean, she could have said no, and I don't know what my life would be now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's weird how so, something so simple can change so dramatically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, so it's a cool story. Well, not a cool story, but it's an I intriguing mean, it story. No, it, it is for sure. And so we got the refugee status, and we were able to leave, and we got mm. green cards right away. So, and you went to New York? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Honestly, it's like we're still mad at my grandfather for it. So he, in, <laughs> he lived in Cincinnati at the time. So the rule was. There's this great place called Heritage Hill. <laughs> yeah. So the rule was if it's reunification of family, you got to go where the family member lives. So we came to Cincinnati. Oh. 
right smack in the middle of the country in the Midwest from Moscow. And two years later, he moves to Long Island. Oh, dickhead. <laughs> Asshole. Yeah. Asshole <laughs> for bringing got, me over here. I know. <laughs> so we got, we got, you know, we just kind of got stuck <laughs> and uh, weren't able to get out till uh, I moved away to go to college. So. Yeah, yeah. So while you lived in Cincinnati, uh, what did your parents uh, do for a living? What did they pick up on? Um, so my dad actually ended up getting into computers, mm-hmm. even though he knew you know nothing about them. But he got a, a job fairly quickly where they were like, it's okay, we'll train you. And he kind of worked his way up, started doing programming, graphic design, all the digital mm-hmm. stuff. Um, my mom tried to interview for industrial design positions. Um, I remember we all went to her interview at like Fisher Price. Oh which yeah, was super cool for sure. Um, yeah, but like you know, she had a resume, had a portfolio, mm-hmm. but they were just like, you didn't graduate from school yeah. here, so we can't hire you. So she just ended up doing a bunch of like weird, odd jobs. She worked at Chuck E. Cheese's for mm-hmm. a while, making pizza. Um, and eventually she started teaching private art lessons. Okay. In First in our apartment, then when we moved to the house in our basement. Mm-hmm. Then eventually we actually opened up, a, like rented a building and she had an art studio. And I remember that studio because I came for yeah. your art show that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when I started, I took art lessons from her and then started teaching when I was 16, Mm -hmm. the little kids I took. And then, yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, that's such an amazing story. It's, it is just, just getting here, just where you ended up is phenomenal, you know? Um, And I'm sure with your mom too, it's hard finding work, especially like in Cincinnati. If you're, if anything's any kind of creative, you know, career is very difficult. I mean, it's gotta be New York or Chicago um, you know, the exactly. big cities. I mean, so many more opportunities yep. in the bigger cities, yeah. but we just didn't have that option. Right, you know? right. So obviously from your family's experience in the Soviet Union coming over here, even to the shithole of Heritage Hill, Cincinnati, Ohio, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure America was this giant, like, oasis of holy shit, what is this? And I mean, yeah. And I'm sure it fulfilled, like, those immediate dreams of what, I guess the world could be the, the great unknown. Honestly, I, I don't know what I would think. Yeah. To me, to me, we were literally living the American dream. Right. I mean, we, it we is here. Yeah. It a hundred percent came true for us. And, you know, kind of looking back on it. Yes. We had the sort of the stigma of being immigrants or the mm-hmm. challenges that came along with it. But let's be honest, we were also white immigrants. Oh, yeah. You know, coming from Europe or, Mm -hmm. If you don't have an accent, nobody knows. Yeah, Europe and Jason. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And it was great. I mean, I I would tell people all the time, you know, we came here with $200 and two boxes of books. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years later, um, we had a house. My dad had a car. I was able to apply for colleges and go to, you know, freaking NYU. Like, it was everything that they sell you <laughs> in the American dream mm-hmm. narrative. And we got to live that. So, 
it, you know, even with, and I remember going to college and of course meeting a lot of different people from a lot of different mm -hmm. walks of life. And that was the whole George W. Bush thing happening right at that time. And a lot of my friends were, you know, protesting and mm -hmm. wearing, you know, Che Guevara t-shirts yeah, and all of that. And I would just look at them and I'd say, hey, at least you have the right to protest mm -hmm. and you don't get shot or taken away in the middle of the night for voicing your opinion. So I was still, even at that point, mm -hmm. you know, I was very, I considered myself liberal, progressive. I definitely, you know, was for, you know, democracy, equality, all yeah. that. But part of me was still like, yeah. but at least you get to do that here. Exactly. You, you kind of saw them as they'd be the ones preaching about privilege, but they're the ones with privilege. Exactly. Yeah, man. They were, to me, they were the privileged ones because I'm like, yeah. you get to do that. Not a lot of other people in a lot of other countries do. So right. So be grateful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and now there's today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so taking on what you just said, it's very interesting because, you know, your, your classmates at NYU, they had that perspective. And maybe rightly so, because they came from America. They didn't know any better. You had sure. a different experience, uh, a maybe more realistic experience about, you know, comparative life around the world. But I've been talking to a few people, and they do tend to be on the right side of things. And they're twisting world events. And I know we'll get to the current situation across the globe right now in a little mm -hmm. bit. But they're using it to kind of say, you know what? Boy, look, look at how they're struggling in Ukraine and they're fighting for the basics of democracy. They're tough. We're over here and we're, we're whining about gender identity or standing in line without water to be able to vote. Or they're starting to attack our quest to get more progressive, to expand our rights in this country. They're, they're kind of saying, see what they have to put up with. We should learn from them and not be so damn whiny about how we want to get better as a country, how we want to be a more perfect union. And they're playing that against, and it just seemed to resonate a little bit with what you were just talking about. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I wish I could say, I know from my experience, it was definitely a naive way to look at things mm -hmm. because I was really focusing on my personal journey right. that I didn't expand to um, that. I didn't expand it to what other people's journeys mm -hmm. might be right it wasn't a very empathetic way of looking at the situation right and I feel like that's kind of the problem and that's mm -hmm. something that over the years I have drastically yeah. altered in the way that I react to situations right because I, you know, I became mature enough to realize, well, great, that might have been your experience, mm -hmm. but that's not a way to base a worldview on, you know, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like saying, you know, when, when the, just the, you know, the Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. uh, movement came along, I just, I knew so many people, white people who were like, well, I, I've never experienced privilege and I'm not racist. So like all of this yeah. is just bullshit. Right. And I'm like, no, that's okay. Right. First of all, you're probably wrong. Yeah. Second you're definitely wrong. wrong. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Wrong. 
But second of all, let's say by some miracle, you are 100% correct in your mm -hmm. life narrative and your journey. That doesn't mean that other people don't have a right to show their voices and have their voices be heard. Mm -hmm. So I, I just feel like that definitely something that was, you know, that I did a 180 on as I started growing up and getting older and really taking in the fact that, yes, maybe it's still to this day better here than it is where I came from. That doesn't mean it's good. It just means it's better. But better isn't enough. Mm. You know, it needs to actually yes, exactly. be good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we're always striving for what they call the more perfect union. And just because it's it's worse somewhere else doesn't mean we have to stop striving for that. Exactly. And I, exactly. And I think you really nailed it when you said um, people lack empathy with it. Um, and I think Black Lives Matter is a good example of that. All is lives that, matter. Yeah. It, you're, you're just, <laughs> no, all lives matter. Yeah, see, you're taking away the actual meaning of what they're trying to say by just shouting over them, yeah. saying like, well, uh, you know, all human life matters. Like, that's not mm -hmm. what they're saying. They're saying that not enough attention has been paid to a certain mm -hmm. sect of our society and that needs to be paid more attention to. And we, we actually have to shout out mm -hmm. that we matter too. That's what they're saying is we matter yeah. too. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and that is something I struggled with and didn't understand for a long time because I feel like growing up sort of in a very um, isolated environment of my father being an only child, me being an only child, my mom being an only child, and the three of us moving, you know, mm -hmm. all the way across the world and really just having just us three as like this sort of little pod, right? Yeah. Without, without really expanding to community and different points of view and different types of people. It was just us uh, like against the world kind of thing. Right. And as a byproduct, I was, I was very insular in my thinking. I mean, I thought I was so, you know, progressive and cultured and all that because they did teach me a lot, but still, what are the things my parents taught me? A Eurocentric right. sensibility because that's what they had. And that's what I got. And then sort of being exposed to like other types of narratives, I was resistant at first. Mm -hmm. I was because I was like, I don't understand. Why do I have to learn this when like Shakespeare is the classics? You know, like. Yeah, the, for real. Like, there were so many different things that like I look back on now and I'm just like, how could I have been so narrow minded, you know, thinking I was not. And I think that's the issue. I don't know. With a lot of people, I just feel like everyone is so hung up on uh, their their sense of like self identity mm -hmm. that they're not willing or to their own at, perceived group identity identity or their own perceived group mm -hmm. identity exactly that they just can't fathom that there's something else out there that's just as valuable. Correct, and and it, and it's a, a unwillingness to learn because I don't think yeah. I think the education system in a, in a lot of ways lets people down. Is yes, you may know the dates of seventeen seventy six and nineteen thirty nine, but you don't actually know how to learn. Yeah, like yeah, the the ability and the skill to 
go into a new situation, to go into something different and then learn from it and take away lessons is something that's, I don't think, really taught in schools. No, it's not. And then the assault on looking at situations from different perspectives. I mean, you're not even allowed to do that. You're not even allowed to. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, you have to be afraid of how you approach black history now to even be allowed (laughs) to talk about it. Jesus fucking Christ. It's insane. Right. How does that, is that like affecting, currently affecting your curriculum? Not too much. Um, It's not in the videos that he shows. No. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever's on CNN 10 for the day, student news, you know. All right, dumbasses, you have C-SPAN for the afternoon. (laughs) We've been shielded by a lot of the crazy um, because, I mean, we have a pretty diverse student body now. Um, About a third of our population is Hispanic now. Whereas mm-hmm. when you were there, nobody. Like, there were virtually no, none. Not so much. Um, we have um, a lot of Eastern European. We have several students from Africa. We have a few Indian. Um, and then we have the other third and third, pretty much white and black. We're very, we're very diverse. And it seems like we've been immune so far to some of that extreme right-wing ideology that's perpetrating, like, school boards and stuff. But our mm-hmm. school board is aware of it. There are nefarious actors out there that sure. are starting to talk and starting to threaten to show up. Um, you know, we're afraid to, like, for instance, we um, are starting a new club at our school um, that's part of Glesson and supporting LGBTQ plus students. And we're desperately finding ways to pay for it through grant money because mm-hmm. we're afraid to spend general fund money on it because that's taxpayer dollars and they're watching. And the minute that happens, the school board is filled up with assholes. Right. Right. And we have so many kids that are coming out that have social emotional needs. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a waterfall of, you know, issues associated with our students coming out and it's, and we don't have the resources for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's something I've definitely noticed um, with, you know, my son being in 10th grade. Mm -hmm. I mean, and me just like working closely with, Uh, students for like school productions and I've done some like theater in different school districts and some teaching and things like that and the amount of students who are LGBTQ plus now that are like open Mm -hmm. and vocal about it. It's amazing. It's incredible and it's like I just like the fact that there's so much pushback and resistance to that is mind-boggling. To it me. is. We're like it. Re- it should really be celebrated. I mean, I remember being in high school. I don't remember a single person mm-hmm. that was out right in high school when I was. In I high know, school. and there were plenty of them who could have been. Absolutely, but they were. You know, there were, and it was common knowledge. But you did not talk say about anything. It. Right? You didn't say anything. It's just amazing that it's like. The, the kids are, are really taking, you know, their own identity into their own hands. And how could that not be supported and celebrated? Right. Like, I just don't understand. And it defies know? common sense. And the argument against is, ew, I don't like it. That's, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> what, yeah. What is that? Oh, yeah. There's oh. no intellectual argument yeah. against it. Then, Zero. Uh, then right. fuck Zero. off. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's literally, it's just like, ew, gross. Don't do that. What do you mean? What? <laughs> no. It doesn't make sense. Oh, man. So, 
fast forward to Trump world. (laughs) You have this ideal of what America is. You're okay with Dick Cheney, even at NYU. No wonder you didn't have any fucking friends. (laughs) Listen, I never said I was pro. (laughs) And, And here we are where we see, you know, threats from inside. Um, that are, yeah, that are starting to really kind of rattle us. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, um, you know, will we ever be arrested for being on this podcast? (laughs) Uh, no, but maybe, oh wait, now I think it's possible. I I, mean, the answer to that is the same answer to, Will Trump ever actually get elected? No. 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 But not Never in 2024. Oh, no. shit. Oh. He won't even... I mean, is he going to win the Republican nomination? No. no. Oh. 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 Uh, nah, he'll never beat him. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, do, you guys, do you guys remember when, like, he was nominated and... It was so funny. Do you remember how funny it was? Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember. so funny. Because I read a lot of HuffPost. And when he first put his hat in the ring. Of course I did. (laughs) um, They put every article that had to do with him running for president in the entertainment section. Yeah. And then when he started winning a lot of the primaries and caucuses, I remember them putting an editorial article out saying, we are going to move Donald Trump's stories back to the main political page because he is winning these states. And we have to take him serious now, at least on the surface of his ability to win a little bit. I mean, it was perceived as, you know, entertainment. It was a joke. It was a joke. It was. It always was a joke. (laughs) It was The Apprentice 2.0. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, remember, I mean, he was planning to lose and he was going to launch Trump TV right away. <laughs> right, yep. Right. He yep. didn't even think he was going to win, as yep. evidenced by not knowing what to do when he became president. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was always oh. a joke, but it just got less and less funny as it carried on. <laughs> like, I'm it, not... it, it turned from a joke to something you cry about. Yeah. Right, you know? right, fine. right. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, so like you said, you know, America's. A, turning into a scary place in a lot of ways. And it's starting to turn wheels that what do you do? If the time ever comes that this is a place where you don't feel safe, where you don't feel like your rights are going to be legal anymore, and that you're going to face consequence for who you are and what you believe. And what's the backup plan? I think the last time we spoke, the answer was Bermuda. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds but like plan. Only a few people can go to Bermuda. Yeah. What does somebody do? I don't well, think I don't know. You climb the other wall, other side of the wall to Mexico. Yes. Right? You're just like, you guys take me. Okay. How, how did you do it? Drugs, <laughs> drugs and avocados. I'm in. I was going to no say, shit. like, listen, uh, which cartel do I have to join? I'm in. It's right. fine. I got this. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, I honestly don't know. I, I ask that question sometimes and then I just kind of put it out of my mind because A, I think by the time it's like imminent and we have to leave, nobody's going to take us. 
<laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no one's going to take us. They mm -hmm. are going to be like, yeah, we know what you're all planning, and we see that your country's going to shit. Yep. You're not coming over you're here. You're not doing it here. <laughs> no you're way. You're not doing it here. So, also, possibly, the world is going to end before that. So, you know, there's yeah. a plus yeah. We might not have to move. <laughs> there might not be a world to move to. There yeah. might not be, you know, an Earth at that it, point. It so might be in the next month, possibly. Yeah, we yeah, don't know. Could be we tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, I just I like when I kind of spiral down that path. I just go, you know what? We have no idea, and we're just gonna do the day day and do our best. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. It, <sighs> It is, um, it's, it's weird how we've gone from where we felt so secure in being mm -hmm. able to like, like just as an example, do this podcast where we're going, it may not be about the podcast. It may be somebody saying, trumping up something on us. Be like, mm -hmm. oh, well, Dave from FDR's wheelchair, did you hear what he taught in, in school the other day? Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, did you see what, what Brandon did at work the other day? Yeah. You can't do that. Oh, I think I think Brandon's been maybe uh, doing drugs or something. Yeah. We should investigate that. So it's not necessarily yeah. directly towards a podcast, but it'd be directly yeah. towards us or exactly or well, you well, know, well, people well, have been on the podcast. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> like Ohio passing that riot law. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. hear about that? No. What, oh, what, what it's ooh, this is really it. bad, actually. Yeah. So basically, well, you you explained it better than I did. So, so go ahead. It's um people who are four more people who have gathered, who gathered for a political point or anything that they disagree with. If any violation of the law is committed, so say, so say you have four people and you are saying we hate our library or so whatever. Mm -hmm. If someone commits a crime. It is then considered a riot. So even if they're not part of the group that are protesting, if a crime's committed within that area, that is now considered a riot. So they can literally wow. escalate it to the National Guard. Yeah. Four wow. or more people. And they're going to place people into those situations to create a, quote, riot. Oh, oh. And then they're yeah. going to arrest people. That's what they're setting it up for. And this law wasn't written in Ohio. It's been introduced in many states. I mean, that's what's happening. These draconian laws are being written in one place and being passed and passed and passed and passed, and they're trying to shove it through. So this idea of freedom of speech literally being squashed, like, you know, we're in Moscow almost. You I know? was going to say, mean, that's, this is yeah. very reminiscent of just both communist Russia and current, uh, air quotes, non-communist Russia. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll call it post-communism Russia. Post, Democratic. No. <laughs> oh, what do no. they call it? There's actually a term that the um, managed democracy or sovereign democracy is what they refer to it as. Oh. Managed democracy. Yeah. Managed so, democracy. and they came up with that after it was um, a popular thing after Putin decided to. So in Russia, that they have governors of certain areas and they were elected, but Putin put forward legislation that he would appoint them or the president should appoint them. So they were no longer democratic, but they were still governors. Mm -hmm. So it became what they called a managed democracy. Weird. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Good times. Yeah. yeah. So Yay. I definitely <laughs> want to give you due time with this. You mentioned before we started recording um, about the current state of Russia and what's happening in Ukraine and the information that's being fed through state media in Russia. And you have a direct connection to this information. um, And I really want to hear about this. Okay. All right. So basically, um, there's not, we don't have, we don't have much family left over there. A lot of people, you know, we kind of brought my grandparents over all that. So at the moment, um, my mom lives here. She lives with her mother-in-law, my mm-hmm. grandmother, on my dad's side. And then my grandmother, um, on my mom's side, she lives in Cincinnati. Okay. So I have my mom and the two grandmas. Um, and the grandmas both are very active in the you know, Russian community, and they uh, watch Russian TV, you know, streaming it, all that. So I did get to have a little chat with my mom before coming on here for the sole purpose of giving you guys some <laughs> intel. Good. Thank, thank you for taking the time to speak with your mother for the benefit of our podcast. At least somebody <laughs> researched for this podcast. <laughs> right. No shit. <laughs> I, literally, I was like, Mom, I don't have a lot of time. Can you tell me in like five minutes what's happening? She's like, yes, of course. So, so here's there's a couple of viewpoints, right? So there's the general older population Russian mentality that is kind of like the prevailing one there for the older people, which is Putin is God. He is the savior and the liberator of the Russian people. What exactly he saved and liberated from? A little murky. Like communism fell by that point, so it's not that. Not really sure what he saved him from, but he's their savior. And the war is the Russia, you know, Russia rightfully trying to liberate the Ukrainian people from the Western oppressors. Okay. So all the footage of um, civilians being bombed, of, you know, everything that isn't a military base all of that is the ukrainians okay bombing themselves to cause propaganda mm, bombing themselves yes so the sounds ukrainians, like january 6 being uh antifa uh, antifa <laughs> yeah I, was, I literally was <laughs> the on the fucking phone parallels phone, like, jesus christ oh so literally like the assault on the Capitol. <laughs> right exactly the oh, same wow. it's literally the same thing so the, so Rush, the Russian government is being extremely responsible and only attacking military, um, you know, bases and mm-hmm. targets. Everything else you see is all Ukrainian propaganda to try to get the Western, you know, people to support them. And it's all lies. Is So that is kind of, yeah. Oh, it, so I've been reading that they've been also saying that it's going to be a denazification denazification of ukraine is that a popular threat or is yeah sure i mean basically ukraine is extremely oppressed by the centralized government that you know the president has been trying to create there and russia is a liberator okay 
So that's the older generation. Now, my grandmas are both also of the older generation, but they do have, you know, we know a little more of their uh -huh. like personal opinions. So my, my grandmother, um, who's my mom's mo mother-in-law, who she lives with, for the longest time, she was just completely denying the fact that Putin would ever actually go to war because she believed in him and all this. Up until I think it took her two or three days, basically till today, mm -hmm. to admit that this is actually happening. Like even when they were showing all the footage, all of it was lies. That's fascinating. It wasn't happening. Wow. It was just not happening. And my mom's like living with this woman, has to deal with this. <laughs> right. On a daily basis. When real and footage she, can't convince you. Real footage cannot That's convince scary. her. And it was funny because when my mom and I were talking, she was like, I now have a better understanding of what's happening here based on having a conversation with her because the yes. woman is intelligent. Uh huh. The woman is smart. The woman is kind. Mm -hmm. Like all of the things that you would think would make her realize the rational. situation. Yeah. Rational. Exactly. Not a crazy old lady. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a rational human being. And she, up until today, would not admit that the assault was happening at all. Mm. It's like when evangelicals still think Trump's Christian. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. It's insane. So then my other grandma has a bit of a different view. And she was saying that, of course, Putin's awful. He's a monster. However, those Ukrainians. <laughs> and this is where you go, okay, grandma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So kind of like her, saying the blacks, exactly, <laughs> which she has also said on multiple occasions. Every old person, says or it's that. like when, they, when they, they go, those people. I know what you mean. Although Putin, according to her, is doing all the wrong stuff, the Ukrainians are oppressing the Russian people in mm -hmm. Ukraine, and they are causing all this basically it's like they had it coming gotcha because uh, ukraine is supposed to be all russian even though that is literally not true right <laughs> <laughs> they are their own people with uh -huh. their own culture and their own language and the russian-speaking people there or the russians who are transplants to there do not have a right to own the country no. just because they live there, you know. So, yeah, those are kind of the views. But I have to say, maybe on a positive note or hopefully on a positive note, what most, what the majority of the younger Russian people, the more intellectual Russian people believe is that no matter what the U.S. and the West, you know, do, and everything I think we are doing is helping. But I think the only way this is going to stop is from the Russian people itself. Okay. And that's what the majority of them believe, where it's already like more and more people are protesting in right. Russia, even though they're disappearing and no one knows where. Children included. I saw that today. Yes. A lot of celebrities 
um, who are Russian born or are, you know, Russian and have a lot of power as far as, you know, in the media. And a lot of the parents of the, you know, the soldiers who are now dying because Russia, Putin didn't even admit to having casualties till tonight. Tonight, yeah. Right? It was tonight that it was announced. They finally said, okay, maybe uh, a few 500, people died. yeah. But the parents of the soldiers whose bodies are coming back to them, they know. Right. And people are starting to stand up. And the hope is that they're, it's going to just implode from within. Mm-hmm. That's the hope. That he's not going to be able to keep this up. It seems possible. It does. Hopefully. Ho- I don't know. Hoping that he doesn't resort to some insane decision yeah i mean and he might i wouldn't put it past him no definitely not, not at this yeah point. yeah people said he wouldn't go to crimea he wouldn't go to yeah. syria he wouldn't go to ukraine the first time i mean he did all those things georgia <laughs> yeah georgia yeah, georgia and yeah, each we... time he's won so he thinks he can yeah. win and he's losing his mind so i mean yeah. we talk yeah. about trump or oh, I'm confused i'm confused i'm confused no we're talking about the other genius the other, oh, oh yeah. The oh. stable genius, that's right. All right. Yes, the other one. They're both very, very, very smart. Yeah. The smartest. With the biggest hands. With the biggest hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think um, a lot of it can come from the oligarchs with the, with these economic sanctions where they're getting their toys taken away from Where's them. my yacht? Like, yeah. I'm not having as much fun as I was <laughs> last year, and I know who's to blame. So. Right. Perhaps Absolutely. with the the um, I mean, it, it kind of goes to ancient Rome times with with Caesar using the what they call the Roman mob. Maybe the oligarch could use the Russian mob, the the people, to yeah, kind of overthrow um the status quo. So I got a history lesson. In there. Yeah, there you go. Definitely. <laughs> and I I mean I don't know if it's possible or not. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But I mean, who knows? Maybe he just takes over Ukraine and. We all just go to hell slowly. But yeah. uh, I don't know, but hopefully not. That's... I know. I know. Well, the Ukrainians are... It, they're bad they're, 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 They are. They're, they're fucking I, arming everybody. I mean, I know it's bandwagon to jump on like Zelensky and shit, but fuck, is he cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Kind of hot, too. <laughs> he's, he's an attractive man. Not gonna lie. <laughs> but um, um, they're, they're not... They're, they're not backing away from anything. They because uh, the Chechens were now uh, being introduced as as um, more combative troops in Ukraine, and there was a, a story I read where the Ukrainian soldiers were dipping their bullets into pig fat, saying they're not going to heaven on our country, on our country's land, because obviously Muslim they're they're uh, yeah. a lot of Muslims. And they're dipping their bullets into pig fat because, of course, as a Muslim, you can't touch anything pork-related. Mm. So being shot with a, a bullet dipped in pig fat would stop them from going to heaven. That's how serious right. they are. It's, Jesus I mean, that's That's a whole other level of, we're defending our country. There's a whole, I mean, it, you, they're bringing to the next one where you're going to hell if you invade our country. Man. I mean, that's that's a level of commitment that I don't think I knew existed. I don't know if yeah. I knew it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Fuck. That kind of sends chills down your spine. It does. So, I mean, I guess can't, you can't have um, all this inspirational story without just a 
touch of racism. And I have just to have a, a little touch bit. of intolerance. It is yeah. Eastern Europe. It is Eastern Europe. So, you know. <laughs> they have no history of that. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Oh, no. None whatsoever. God. Uh, what, what's a pogrom? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Man. So well, shit. This has been a fucking awesome interview. It has. Yeah. This is exciting. Well, thanks. I'm I'm glad I could uh I could join. It's, oh. it's been really fun. Yes. I mean, you know, super depressing. Depressing really as fun. fuck. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, yeah. The next time you ha- we have you on, when you will be on again, won't you? Um. Of course. Yes. <laughs> of course. Anytime. We'll like maybe do an episode where we have our normal topics and we jump around to crazy stuff and you know, maybe more yeah. dick jokes. Absolutely. I yeah. I kind of feel like. Wait. Can you just. Throwing in just now, quick off the top I, of your head. I did have a dick dad. I had the small hands shit. So oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was subtle. It was. <laughs> it wasn't as usually as overt as we're subtle. we're normally used to on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to be polite, <laughs> unsuccessfully. <laughs> like like you uh, tend to ask yourselves: Are we funny? Are we being funny? Are we, <laughs> <laughs> Is this funny yet? I'm depressed. Are we funny yet? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so before we wrap up is there anything on your mind that you didn't talk about that you want to mention i don't i don't know i think uh i think we we covered everything i just uh it is like you said it's like every day just kind of brings new dumpster fires our way right yeah right a matter of trying to navigate that and educate yourself but at the same time like take time to just do stupid shit. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, I think that's more. You have to for your mental health. Ever. Mental yes, health matters a lot these days. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, I mean, I every morning I I look at my phone to read the news and drink some coffee, and I'm ne- these days I'm like looking at one eye yeah. closed, looking and going, yeah. oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, and then yeah, I used to read the news while I poop, and now it's just <laughs> depressed. Like pooping, such a fun thing. <laughs> It's great. It's entertaining. And now it's just depressing. I can't have a depressed poop. I can't have a depressed poop. No, it's true. Where's Calvin and Hobbes? Right, right. Yeah, no, there's definitely been days where, like, I get, like, a little, like, news briefing in my email every morning. So I'm like, oh, I'll read this. There'll be, like, three, four days. I'll keep it on red. And I'm like, I'll just... I'll just catch up on this later. Yeah. Nope, not doing it. Nope, <laughs> no, not, not doing at all. It. I'm in my happy place right now, so uh, <laughs> I'm about to have some pancakes with some blueberries on top. I don't need this shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wake up every day. <laughs> ignore the news. I wish I could do that. I wish I could just wake up and ignore the news. You know, but I can't. I can't. No, I neither. It's can like I. a, it's like a can l- I. little hit that I need. Like, okay, ooh, what do Republicans do today? Yeah, ooh. I mean, <laughs> you, you get off on watching all those crazies. I do. I can't, I can't do it. I'm so the opposite. I'm just like, it just gets me so furious mm. that I can't even think straight. Right. And I'm like, nope, not gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do it for this show. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a personal <laughs> sacrifice. It is. It is. Oh, you say. You're just a masochist. Just it's That's fun. why I started the show, so I had an we excuse. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, I, I need something to, to rant about. Can you, can you come <laughs> join me every week? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, shit. This has been a lot of fun, like I said. So great to have you on. 
It was a pleasure. Oh. It was really fun. And I'll definitely do it again whenever you ask. <laughs> oh, thanks so much. It was it was great. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Saria. I really enjoyed having you here and it was it was good. It was um refreshing to have someone who's a little more in tune with, with what's happening in Russia and whatnot, actually has sort of like a firsthand uh, source that yeah. can draw upon. So, I mean, we can read the newspapers so we're blue in the face and not really get that kind of insight. So thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. You're welcome, you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. No problem. All right, well, so what do we do now? What do we do now? <laughs> Go over our social media. All right, so we've got FDR's wheelchair podcast at gmail.com. So you can email us. Um, if you want to email any of the guests as well that we have. So if you want to email Daria and ask her questions, you can also email us and uh, we'll forward, we'll, we'll forward it on to her so she can answer. Cause I'm sure she's willing to do that. Right. Her cell phone Absolutely. number is also, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she lives at, <laughs> yeah, no one's coming. Don't worry. You don't have to be scared. <laughs> Mail all dick jokes to 289. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Wait> for... <laughs> oh, we have our Facebook at FDR's Wheelchair. We have our Twitter at FDR underscore wheelchair. We have our website at FDRsWheelchair.com. And if you Google us, make sure you put in podcast. <laughs> you put in FDR's wheelchair. You'll just get, a bunch, you'll just get FDR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his wheelchair. You will literally get his wheelchair. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks everybody again for listening. Thank you, Daria. Yeah, thank you, thank you, and thanks, you guys. And this has been a legacy of FDR and his wheelchair.